Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top ten. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. It's your boy, Ryan and Fred, back with another episode of Shell and Tell. We're bringing you this week's segment from our live Tuesday show, May 11th of Birdland BS. Birdland BS is the parent company of Shell and Tell. Uh, Live shows every Tuesday, 7.30 on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, basically anywhere you can stream. It covers Ravens, Orioles, and your Terps. Um, Bringing you this week the Terps section on our Shell and Tell podcast. Also, something a little bit different. Uh, we added a little something fun to the end of the Birdland BS uh, podcast, so I thought I'd I'd bring you a little uh, little cheer, a little joy, something fun, just for the heck of it. You know, we need a lot more of that in this 2020-2021 year. has been a, a lot of down and not a lot of fun, so I hope it brings a smile to your face. It definitely brought a smile to ours um, and made it a little bit more fun to, to break up the monotony of just... Just sports talk. We all love sports. It's the reason we're all here. But sometimes you just want to, you know, cut it up and have a little fun with your friends. And I hope it inspires you to do something fun with your with your day. On this week's episode, we talk former Terps, both Jake Funk and uh, DJ Turner with their draft stock. We talk even further in the past Terps, little Stefan Diggs and DJ Moore talk with things going on with them around the league. And we also get into our our takes for the football spring game. Uh, it was a lot of fun going down there. I uh, get to hear firsthand how we felt about the whole day and the players in general and what we see going forward. Just a little quick snippet, as this is just the Birdland BS. We're going to deep dive uh, with Ahmed Gafir here shortly. We're setting up another episode. Um, and then last but not least, we dig into our undefeated men's lacrosse team and how they got snubbed as far as I'm concerned, with their number three ranking going into the NCAA tournament. And I hope we get to redeem against those bitter ex-lovers, the ACC. Uh, it's pretty amazing the control they seem to have over the lacrosse world. And I hope we get to show them, don't matter what you control, we're still going to take this thing down. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. And again, stick around for a little something fun after the Terp segment. It is time for some shell and tell, man. What has been going on at the University of Maryland? Oh, my. Lots of things have been going on at the University of Maryland. Like you said, we all got to go down there recently, so yeah. that was a, a big step in the right direction. It was. And we also should talk about some former Terps. I mean, uh, a former Terp who played for the Pittsburgh uh, Panthers last, last yeah. season uh, was uh, Mr. DJ Turner. Uh, got picked up after the draft, actually. Undrafted free agent uh, with the Raiders. Uh, wish him well. I mean, he only left the Terps because... He was a senior, and they canceled his season. Yeah. Midsummer, they said, we're not playing Big Ten football. So, like, we, as a Terp fan, you can't have any ill will towards that. The man was trying to get an opportunity. He left on good terms, and we wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, DJ Turner went up to Pittsburgh in the one year that he was there. It was super productive. He's a guy that I think should have been drafted, and the fact that he didn't get drafted, I, he's there's no doubt he'll make an NFL roster, whether it's the Raiders or not, because the Raiders do have a decent amount of wide receivers right now. I don't know what they're going to do, but he will make an NFL roster, especially 
at least as a returner, but I think he can bring a lot of value to a team as a receiver. I was really shocked he didn't get drafted, and especially with the number of players that got drafted from his team. There were right. Pittsburgh players all over the draft, so I, I, I was it was an interesting thing. But really, wide receivers, there were lots of people that were left over after the draft. I don't know why it ended up that way. Just the way it is. Well, the man of the night, the man of the hour, the well, the many hours that Mr. we waited Underwear Olympics. Underwear Olympics himself, Jake Funk, did get drafted. We did. We talked about it. I had him pegged a lot higher. I yeah, had him did. in the late fourth, potentially I was fifth you were round. Right. I was. I, I'm sure he was hoping he was right. But listen, uh, he goes to a very good organization. He gets drafted by the Rams at pick 233 in the seventh round. Uh you know me. I'm a huge Jake Funk fan. I, there's nobody that's going to outwork Jake Funk. The only thing that you can say a knock on him is is the injury history, right? But he's proven time in and time out that he doesn't let that deter him, and he's willing to put into work. Yeah, I mean nobody works on his body more than more than he does. I mean, right. he just putting puts in work with with the team, without the team, elsewhere. And now that he actually has more and more resources for that, as right. getting to this level, you can only expect it to get more. Um, it's it's a really good spot for him. I think yeah. I think the personality fits. I, think, I agree too. <laughs> I think Jake Funk loves that he's sitting out in L.A. He, oh, looks, yeah. he looks like Mr. L.A. If you if you have my opinion. Yep. Um. So I think he's gonna have a lot of fun out there, whether whether he ends up on their on their roster or not. Again, he's definitely gonna be somewhere. He's gonna be productive. I, I hope it is with the Rams because I think it just fits him really well. And that two hundred and thirty third pick overall has a little bit of a a Raven tie to it because that's actually where former Ravens running back Justin Forsett was drafted. Now it wasn't to the Ravens, it's to the Seahawks, but either way. Yeah, I found that really overall. interesting. It just came up randomly on Twitter. Apparently every year Justin Forsett reaches out to whoever the two hundred and thirty third <laughs> pick is to Give them hope that you're still can have a decent NFL career. Like, right. look what I did with this, you know, irrelevant type pick. You know, it's not Mr. Irrelevant, but right. it's pretty close. So it's very cool to see those guys. I mean, there's all, all kinds of stuff after the draft where it talks about the sixth, seventh round picks that end up with big careers. But um, Justin Forsett reached out, so I've never had the chance to talk or or meet um, Mr. Jake Funk, but I wish him the best and hope we get to meet him soon. Right. I thought that was really cool that I had that little Ravens tie, even though we didn't get to have Jake on our team. Right. So I'm going to put out uh, my second podcast plug of the night. <laughs> I've already plugged one. I'm going to plug another one. Uh, this is one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, I am athlete. I've said it multiple times. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it yet, but uh, if you haven't, subscribe to it. Uh, Brandon Marshall, uh, Chad Ochocinco, uh, uh, Fred Taylor, and uh, Crowder uh, are all on there, and they're all great. They all work well together. Well, former Terp, Stefan Diggs, was on there this past week, and he got pretty personal, man. It was a really good interview. Yeah, I, th- I liked a lot of things about it. Uh, the most interesting thing that I found was uh, a little bit of Edsel hate. You know, nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing gets it gets me going more than, than <laughs> trying to erase that period of the Terps' history. Right. Um, but apparently Diggs kind of inferred that um, after that kidney lack in the uh, Penn State game, uh, what he took that that took that hit, that Edsel he wanted to come back. He was approved to come back, and Randy Edsel didn't let him come back. And he inferred that that was because Edsel didn't want him leaving school early. And right. Diggs was plan was to put enough on tape to leave that year to go to the NFL. Right. Uh, that also goes with the whole thing with Jake Funk was not offered by Randy Edsel. Right. Uh, Mike Loxley was there as an offensive coordinator at that time. He was yep. pounding the table, um, telling him we need to offer this guy. He's the number one rusher in Maryland history. He set all kinds of records out there in Damascus. But 
they wouldn't give him an offer. The only reason Jake Funk, who just got drafted, got on the Terp squad was because uh, Mike Loxley got the interim head coach uh, right. title right at the end of the year. So he was able to last second throw him a, an offer and get him on board. Jake wanted to play for the Terps the whole time. Right. He even came it came down to a camp and tried to get there, but he couldn't get an offer. He would basically given up. But because this interim head coach, Mike Loxley, comes in, who ends up being his head coach three, three yeah. years later, it all worked out for the best. Yeah, for sure. Well, the Diggs interview, like I said, if you if you get a chance, I am athlete, check it out. It's really good. I mean, he talks a lot of very candidly about his upbringing. Uh, you know, obviously losing his father at a young age and kind of having to take on that that fatherly role for his brother. Take uh, care of his brothers. Yeah, took care of his brothers. It, it's 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 really eye opening uh, to know kind of what he's had to go through and how early in life he had to mature. Uh, so it's a really good interview. But staying staying in the NFL, right? We're kind of on this NFL theme. Uh, DJ Moore getting picked up his option out there in uh, Carolina. Yeah, if we're going to talk about the best Terp uh, wide receiver in the NFL, we got to talk about the second best down there, Mr. DJ Moore. <laughs> That's right. uh, so if he got picked up his fifth-year option, and I'm sure he'll get even more money the next year. He's doing really well down there. Uh, it's always good to see these guys continuing their success. Let me ask you this question, though. Is Sam Darnold good for DJ Moore's future? <sighs> I mean, maybe. It's a, I, DJ Moore was... Was awfully successful at the Terps with these five-yard dump-offs. And That's true. If you're going to downgrade your quarterback situation, you're going to expect a lot more five-yard dump-offs for 80-yard touchdowns that DJ was an expert at. I think more importantly, uh, and what's better for DJ Moore's career, is a healthy uh, Christian yeah, McCaffrey. Getting yeah. him back, getting him healthy. Might get him less him, touches, but a little It'll bit get him more less open. touches, but it'll get him more productive touches because he's going to have more space to work in because uh, guys are going to have to account, you know, account for a Christian no matter where he is on the field. Yeah. Well, we talked about being in the spring game. What was yeah. your what was your thought process of the whole like system, like the seating arrangement, the whole day? What was that for you? Uh, no, I liked it. I mean, there was probably I'd say four thousand ish people there. Yeah, um, they only sold five thousand tickets, and I think I think we did pretty well. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being real, they weren't doing a whole lot to monitor, you know, as far as the pods go. People were just kind of sitting pretty much wherever they wanted. There was definitely groups bigger than four, like they were supposed All to be. A lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely clusters. Mostly uh, the college kids, but a few others. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I, I enjoyed the experience. For me, it's just getting back out there and having real live football in front of you, not having to watch it on a TV. The whole experience was good. Obviously, they only had a couple of vendors open food wise and all that stuff. They whole a lot of options or alcohol and that kind of stuff. But I have to eat crow, just saying that right now. Uh there were college kids there. Yeah. I told you zero. Yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. Hey, maybe a whole lot of crop tops walking maybe, around. <laughs> maybe we've turned a corner here. Maybe maybe not being allowed to go to football makes these kids want to go to football. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> be great to get the, get these guys back in the stadium. So I, I can hope. Yeah. Now, they won the field. Right. <laughs> there, there was a lot to like in this game, though. I mean, Talia didn't look great. Uh, struggled in the game, especially on his fades. There were multiple attempts, fades into the back corner of the end zone that he was throwing a few yards over the head that nobody was catching. Yeah, and there was a lot of talk about wind, and I don't remember it being all I don't that remember windy. It being windy. But it is different <laughs> down on the field than it is in the stands because it's whipping around the stadium, and it you know it affects the field differently. Yeah, well, but, we were well sheltered uh, in our Section 7 seats. Maybe on the other side it was a little bit whippy. Right. Uh, I think the biggest thing that stood out for me in this spring game had to have been having production from the tight end position back. 
You know, you had Chig Okonkwo come back, and he was immediately impactful. You got Baby Gronk out there. He didn't he didn't have a ton of opportunities, but, but he, looked, he looked good. He looked good in the role. <laughs> and this kid's a freshman, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just only going to get bigger. He's only going to get better. Uh, but I think all that's going to do is open up things even more for the wide receivers because last year the wide receivers were great, and they didn't have to account for a tight end at all. Now you've got multiple threats from that position. Talia's looking for them. I think that bodes well for this offense. Well, you talk about receivers. The guy that used to be a receiver is now a tight end, Mr. Corey Deitches. Yeah. I mean, his Impressive. numbers, height, weight, does not make him sound like he could be a tight end at all. We've talked about that one here before, right. that we were not looking forward to that. But my man did it. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't in a lot of blocking situations. He was a lot of, but he was able to body up on some linebackers, make really good contested catches, great hands. great hands. Yeah. Un- un- I didn't see anything come near him that wasn't caught. Agreed. I, I think that it's a much bigger bump in that that second tight end spot than I thought. He'll be fighting it out with CJ Dupree. CJ Dupree definitely has the ability to block more than Corey does. It's still a much bigger body, but honestly, I think Corey's going to have that, that position locked. Right. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, I, I kind of gave you a quick synopsis of some of Tua's struggles, but obviously this this offense is going to live and die by Tua staying healthy, one, and his production, two. Well, we what, said when we start with the same quarterback at the beginning of the year, <laughs> that we end at the end of the year, we will be back bowling. Right. <laughs> what was your take on Tua's performance? I, he seemed to have a great grasp of the offense, connected well with both the wide receivers and the tight ends. Uh, like you said, that end zone fade through it three or four times. They yeah. kept trying to get him to connect on it. It just wasn't working. You know, if they have to take that out of his repertoire, they have to take it out of his repertoire. But I think he'll have it fixed by by the fall. If that's the one thing you got to work on, you'd hope a guy at that level could fix it in the next couple months. I agree. I I, I thought that he did a really good job. The line looked really good in front of him, yeah, uh, except for the right side. The right, right side struggle. Who we were a little worried about. I am very high on Amelia Moran. Very high. But he did play guard his entire high school career, basically. Right. And you're moving him to a right tackle position. He's plenty big enough to play it, oh, yeah. but apparently he either just doesn't have the footwork down right, as, as your lineman expert talked about. It's a whole different yeah. thing, both right and left, both guard and tackle. So it's it's new to him. I'm hoping that's the biggest problem. But honestly, it would be it would be great if we could get a plug-and-play tackle over the summer as these grad transfers start, as the scholarships open up from some of the guys that are departing the team and we're able to get somebody. Um, so it would be awesome if he ended up being available at the guard position where he's most natural. Right. I'll tell you another thing. I mean, the the wide receivers are as advertised. Uh, if Dante Demas, if there's any way for him to have gotten bigger and better, I mean, he just he looks Every the part. Every time you see him, man. I'm telling you, the first time I saw him as, I guess he was a sophomore when we went to the, to the so. spring game the first time, I said, NFL player. And it's signed, sealed, and delivered. Bearing injury, this guy is 100% a first or second round wide receiver. I don't care what his production is this year. He has every tool you would want at, at, at that position. And he's improved so much every year. I mean, Ahmed told us he was like a, a borderline take even out of high school. They weren't sure right. he was even going to be offered. And this is guy, a guy that looks like a first round draft pick. Right. Just a few years later. It's, it's, it's amazing the progress he has. Hopefully it keeps showing and he goes and collects his bills this year right mind you this wide receiver core looked great but one of its better players and jay sean jones was standing on the sideline in sweat so add him into the mix 
Again, they're they're about six, seven legit wide receivers deep. Yeah, I want to give I want to give McDougal a little shout out. Yeah. He was playing on the number two team, and honestly, he looked really good, really quick, really shifty. He was probably the shiftiest player on the field. He was he was dropping people on the ankles. Right. Uh, so again, he's buried pretty well. I don't know. That you're going to see a lot out of them. They are running numbers out there. They they showed last year they were going to run a lot, really deep in the wide receivers, keep a lot of people fresh. So you're going to see him every now and then, but hopefully he sticks around and is a really big, big after this year. And we have a few departures, right? I agree. Another thing, another position group we were watching specifically because of our conversation with them, that the special teams had a special eye on Anthony Pecorella pinned him pretty deep. A couple of times. Look good. Looked good. Big leg. Yeah. Uh, big, great, great pinning him, pinning him in the corners. Good hang time. I mean, we have, we've had now our two punter guests. It's going to be a battle. Yeah. for our all-american punter and and uh, uh i don't think Pecorella. it'll be a battle this this year <laughs> no not but. this year with this with the short season i think that anthony's anthony's got a really good shot at it but uh you know wish them both the best and really uh i don't hope to see him play very often as we talked in our interview i hope peckerell only sees the field once or twice maybe no times a game right but uh, if he is out there, he's going to do a great job. Well, we talked about uh, this team having one open scholarship, I believe, still left for this coming season. There was one, um, and now we've had our first departure, so we'll, right. be, up, we'll be up to two. Uh, Maryland defensive back Erwin Bird uh, entered to NCAA transfer portal. Hasn't officially announced anywhere, I don't believe. I haven't seen anything about that. Um, so I guess technically it's not open until he actually goes somewhere else. Right. Um, but we look to have um, two open scholarships. Bird was a redshirt freshman, started in two games last year, totally on five tackles. 5'10", 180 out of uh, Powder Springs, uh, Georgia. That's on the small side. You've seen what Loxley's been doing over the last years. He's been drafting a lot, of, or not drafting, he's been recruiting more of these 6'1", 6'2", type cornerbacks. He's been building a very big secondary. Right. So I, I think that he was just buried. He just had too many guys come in that he thought he was behind. And he's going to go somewhere and find some playing time, and it's good for him. Yeah, good for him. Like I said, I mean, in my opinion, you can never have enough depth, especially at the, the cornerback position, because you can always account for a couple of injuries there. But, again, if it's playing time, this guy is low on the pecking order, and if he's going to go to a smaller school just to get yeah. started, you know, starting time, I don't he blame him. He could totally get some playing time somewhere. He was a three-star prospect, number 170 cornerback in the class of 2019, and he committed to Maryland over some pretty good schools in Army, Mississippi State, Buffalo, Coastal Carolina, and Colorado. So, so we'll have he's some suitors. He's going to have some suitors. Uh, I just think that he didn't fit the scheme. Obviously, we are going for a type, and it is tall and long. Right. And that's that's just what, what well, he was buried. Well, what this does, though, is because we've talked about what are the Terps going to do with this one open scholarship? You know, you and I have been clamoring for offensive line depth, right? Or the other option would be, you know, another backup quarterback. Do they bring in another guy? Well, this opens up two, so now you can kill two birds with with those two stones. Uh, do you think that that's the 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 path that they go, quarterback and offensive line, or do you think they stack offensive line twice? Uh, I think that you're probably going to look at offensive line and linebacker. Linebacker, uh, that's a good point. U- Udinski is still on track to come back this fall. It's amazing, which is unbelievable. Now, I did I did retweet recently. I don't know if anybody that follows us on Twitter. Uh, there was a baseball player that tore his ACL, and one month later, it was hitting a double. That's pretty pretty unbelievable that we've reached this amount. It's yeah. it's it's. It's that used to be like a career ender. Yeah, career and ender, and then it was at least, least a, a year. year. At it least was like eighteen months to a year to eighteen months. Right, and now we're doing miracles. And yeah. I don't know what's changed. I haven't seen anything like, you know, <laughs> no papers about it. It feels like this should be front page news. Exactly what has changed, right? Because it doesn't seem like there's no um, like named surgeon. 
for this. It's not like some miracle worker. Like you had the uh, elbow guy. What was the the? Uh, oh, uh, James Andrews. Yeah, yeah James, James Andrews, Andrews yep. that, that did the, did that surgery. You would think that the way the ACLs have impressed that we would know who made this happen. Right. Because it could help the Terps a lot. We seem to lose ACLs more than we lose games. Right. That's true. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit, man. Let's uh, let's jump out of our comfort zone because we got to give some credit where credit is team. due to a winning, to an undefeated, <laughs> undefeated team. Undefeated team. The men's lacrosse that team. That flashes me back to a Syracuse game. <laughs> <laughs> 2-0, baby. 2-0. <laughs> men's lacrosse finishes their uh, Big Ten season 12-0 with both a Big Ten regular season and tournament champions. They were ranked number one in the nation going into what was supposed to be the NCAA's tournament assignment you would think that's a lock for the so, wait, one so wait, spot. wait wait they were 12 and 0 yeah haven't beat anybody they won their 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 conference uh-huh they won their conference tournament yep uh-huh and everyone they played except for michigan had at one point been uh in the top 20 this year got it none of them ended in the top 20 so i'll give i'll give them that they didn't end up with the number one overall seed no <laughs> so they probably got number two right Mm, still disappointed. Nope, nope, not number two either. Our old foes, those bitter ex-girlfriends, the <laughs> ACC, seem to have a grasp on the entire NCAA process for the uh, lacrosse tournament here. Duke and UNC, hell, we like to hear those names in front of us, both ranked number one, number one UNC, number two Duke. How many, how many losses do they have? Uh, four combined, two each. <laughs> See, I, I'm not a real good with math. You know, specialize in math. Two's more than zero, though. Yeah, right? two's a lot more than zero. I, they, I guess it's all they're they're going all strength of schedule. Yeah, but that's the whole point. Is the is it makes me angry? Is they said that the strength of schedule was basically useless this year, which makes sense because the Big Ten only played the Big Ten. So right. how are you going to go with strength of schedule versus the ACC? This that and the other. Right. Another complaint that I saw was that. Um, the Big Ten didn't play anybody out of conference, and the ACC did. Well, I looked at the ACC schedules. The best team they played out of conference was Towson. Like, what? Who? Who? What are you? What, why, how is that helpful? It wasn't right. like they reached across and played a, another Power Five like power. I mean, I know that there are really good lacrosse teams in a bunch of other divisions. It's not quite like football and basketball where it's Power Five or bust. Right, but. I didn't see anybody out there that was screaming at us. Beyond record, though, the Turks were the highest scoring team in the nation, and the only undefeated uh, will now have a home opener versus Vermont. And if the tournament goes to chalk round one, we will have to go on the road to Notre Dame. Yeah, on the road. Who were designated as a round two game site. Yeah, so that just happens to be some dumb luck. The round <laughs> two sites are picked. It's not like uh, highest ranked home host. Right. It's the picked. So South Bend is one of the locations for round two. And Notre Dame was one of the five, count them, five ACC teams that made the 16-team wow. field. Okay, so explain that to me. I don't understand how the field works with lacrosse. How does that break down? So this year, it's a little bit different, but this year, there was 16 teams. Eight of them were automatic bids, so your conference championships, right. just like with basketball. So um, half of the field are your conference champions. So, so AC is going to have one. Okay. There's eight more people to go. And four of those eight were other ACC teams. <laughs> wow. And again, the best ACC team had two losses. Yeah. The the last one that made it was Syracuse, who had four losses. I, I get that the Atlantic Coast is where lacrosse is good. I get it. Right. I, I know 100% in high school and mostly in college. 
but it has changed. Over the last decade, there are a lot of other places playing lacrosse very well. Right. Just in the Big Ten, you got Rutgers that moved over with us. Rutgers, New Jersey is another hotbed for lacrosse. Right. Penn you know, State. You know, Penn yeah, State exactly. has been pretty good. Denver's done pretty good lately. But uh, Rutgers was a bubble team. It was the ones I was still expecting. And Penn State kind of fell off throughout the year. So the it, it, Big Ten definitely didn't play great. But it's just kind of unbelievable to me that you can give a team full half of the openings. You can't do that. You know what I say, Ryan? I say screw the ACC. Let's line up against the ACC each week and let's just roll them. Yeah, I hope that works out. I know mathematically it's very unlikely we have to play <laughs> all five. Say, but I really yourself, hope like, like, <laughs> game two we're playing Notre Dame. Let's. I hope week three we're playing either UNC, Virginia, Duke, or and just keep rolling straight through. I hope all the rounds it's, it's Maryland versus ACC team and we just show them we don't give a shit about you, ex-lover. That's right. <laughs> Good luck, Tars. Bring it home. Oh, man. Hey, well, that's it. That was a wrap for the Tuesday Terp segment from Birdland BS. Again, catch it Tuesdays, 7.30 p.m. live, anywhere you can stream, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, um, or you can do a birdlandbs.com. Check out all the episodes. Uh, there's Shell and Tell gear on there for sale. There's Birdland BS gear on there for sale, uh, sale on there. Um, they're going to be found on YouTube all the time afterwards, of course, or on Facebook. Um, please like, follow, share, subscribe. It's all very helpful. Uh, we've grown a lot in the last year. It's pretty impressive and having a lot of fun with it. But as promised, here's my little, uh, I don't know, moment of zen. I hope you guys enjoy this little fun fun bit from the Birdland BS After Hours segment where the boys just cutting it up. No. So it's the After Hours, right? I thought it's no, you know, there's no rules. Nothing is consistent with this segment, right? But yeah. I wanted to add a little bit of fun, Especially right? Especially since the only way this like segment ever runs long is when there's an argument. Otherwise, <laughs> it's like a couple minutes and it's like, all right, guys, see you later. True. Did I not tell you this would go exactly the opposite of what you found last time? Craig says, I like the new Scott. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, so eventually what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to build a button that you guys can be able to hit twice a show anytime you want in the middle of a show. It could be in the middle of a conversation with a random would you rather question segment out of nowhere. Completely it could break up in the middle of Scott and I getting in a heated debate. Bam, you hit a button and we got to stop what we're doing for would you rather question. So Scott's not going to stop. <laughs> we'll, no, I'm going to make him stop. We'll make him stop. So this week's would you rather question. I want all of your responses. So James, put those headphones on. If you dropped your phone in a porta potty, would you leave it be or go in and get it? That thing's gone for the world. Sorry. You just go get a new one. So you're going to let $1,300 just go right down the tube. Well, he don't have an iPhone, so it doesn't matter. Fuck iPhone, first off. You can find a Samsung on any (laughs) uh, pawn shop. iPhone, it's worth it. Uh, (laughs) No, any phone. No, I'm not playing with that. Ryan? Ah, you know how cheap I I am, I know you're cheap, right? So you're going in elbow deep and getting this thing? I'm I'm an analytical person on top of it, though. I'm going to take a look. You can see in porta pots and if it's in... (laughs) If it's in urine, I'm just going to assume it's broken and I'm leaving it. But if it's sitting on top of a big dookie, I'm going to pluck that bitch out of there and clean it off. <laughs> I'm going to save me some money. Yeah. <laughs> if it was anywhere else, if we were in a public bathroom and I knew that there were sinks and everything in there that I could wash myself off with, I'm going in again. I'm going to rub that thing on the grass just like you did when you got some poop on your shoe as a kid. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'll throw away the case that's in. That's fine. I'm going to pluck that off there and throw it away. <laughs> It'll be all right. It'll be all right. All right. And one more before we wrap up for the night. Another random one. What's that? James. Galley says he's getting it. 
Does James have an answer? James, what are you doing? Well, first off, I don't have insurance on my phone. Yeah, me either. So, so that's option number one. Incentive to Hold go on. in. No, because I'm cheap, so I don't two, have it. I might just call and add the option of insurance because you're allowed to just add it whenever you feel like it, and then make a claim two days later. <laughs> I'm sure there's some that like is insurance fraud, friend. my friend. <laughs> insurance I, fraud, one hundred and one. Recorded now. Great answer, though. I love the fucking answer. That is a good answer. All right, another one, completely random. Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? A hundred duck-sized horses. There is no question at all. Uh, not even close. It's like, it'd be a million times easier. <laughs> a, a horse-sized duck. Yeah, you would get eight. So hard. can you imagine? <laughs> Ducks are so fucking bro, aggressive, bro. Yes, <laughs> and exactly. if it's the size of a horse, like, think about a big duck is what a Canadian goose. You ever been chased by a Canadian goose? Yeah, yes, everyone has. <laughs> yep. Anyone's over four years old has been chased by a Canadian goose. <sighs> you know how hard that bill is? It is now eight feet tall and like slamming this three foot <laughs> bill in your skull. You're dead in seconds. But you got a hundred horses uh, coming at you. They're shaped like duck ducks. size. But they're oh, horses. I weigh 300 pounds. I'm <laughs> jumping up and down these horses. No problem. <laughs> these things are dead in five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. Oh, oh, man. I don't even know how to answer this. This is the kind of podcast I'm into. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Scott called it. <laughs> what do you got, Drew? A uh, hundred uh, duck-sized horses. That's like a like, that's like a hundred cuts. Like, but they're all coming at you at once. They're not coming your, in a line. A hundred shins. What else are they doing? Like, that's the worst thing they can do is be they kicking your shins. Up on top of each other. It's like I, they're just the zombies from World War Z. They're piling up. Like, <laughs> overtaking and buildings. I'm slapping them. <laughs> <laughs> slapping. Here comes the next wave. <laughs> Too many of them. <laughs> Uh, you, could run a, you could run away for you probably run away a lot quicker from one uh, one duck size I mean horse sized duck than I don't know those uh, ducks man when they get moving yeah, they're you, quick you plus they can fly the ducks they, fly they, yeah. think how fast their feet go when you imagine swimming, a bro. fucking horse flying <laughs> a duck. They walk across the road slow, but they they fly a little bit faster. (laughs) And when they're swimming, their feet are like this. All right. I see your your one horse-sized duck, and I raise you that hundred deep flying V coming at your ass. You can't handle it. Yeah. Um, I'm 100% fighting these tiny horses. (laughs) One thing for sure, I'm glad the shit may hopefully never happen. (laughs) James, which way are you going? Horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? A hundred duck-sized horses. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's an I, easier challenge. I think I could probably outrun them, too. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. But like what you said, that big-ass beat coming that, at that you. That bill is going to be heavy, bro. Yes. That's gonna be <laughs> that gonna hurt. They're so aggressive. So the closest thing that I can think of is maybe the Oregon duck mascot. You know, how big his fucking beak is. <laughs> <laughs> and him doing push-ups every day when, when he scored touchdowns. Oh. <laughs> oh, you got to go to Oregon game. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm really sad we have so few people watching right now because this just doubled the greatness of this podcast. <laughs> You just gotta look. You gotta, oh. keep, you gotta keep doing it, and just hope word of mouth says, "You know what? We gotta stick around for the stupidity that's gonna come." Up. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and each week, I hope it gets better. All right, appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Hope you guys enjoyed that little moment of zen there. I don't know. I think I'm right. I don't think it's even even questionable. I'm taking a hundred uh, duck sized horses. Not even gonna be a problem. Uh, I'm pretty certain that I can take on a hundred ducks and. Uh, Honestly, if I picture 
a duck-sized horse. It kind of looks a lot like a chihuahua. Pretty sure I can handle that. So uh, <laughs> let us know on Twitter, Facebook, however you follow us, what you think. <laughs> what are you doing? You doing doing a horse-sized duck? Or are you doing duck, 100 duck-sized horses? I don't even think it's close. I think we uh, we all just have our own personal reasons for the cell phone thing. It's going to be different every time. So no real reason for that. But if you want to let us know, you can let us know on that as well. Well, I hope you guys uh, chuckle and laugh at that as much as I do. Had a really good time. I always have a good time with the boys there on Birdland BS. If you are a Ravens or Orioles fan, definitely check it out. If you're just a Terps fan, maybe you like the Washington football team. Maybe you're a Nats guy. Maybe, who knows, you're a Green Bay Packer fan. Probably not going to be for you. There's still some, uh, you know, interesting to see some of the better episodes with when there's a lot going on around uh, Baltimore sports. Might want to tune in, but uh, it's it's all things Maryland local sports. They do a really good job. Great visuals. I 100% think you guys could check out the YouTube version, Facebook version, something other than the uh, audio podcast, just so you can see all the stuff that goes on. The green screen work, it's uh, it's unbelievable, the stuff they're able to pull off down there. I'm still learning every day. Obviously, I'm a, a, big, a big part of it. I'm there almost every Tuesday, but I'm all the technical stuff is way above my head still. I'm just catching up on how to plug this microphone in. Well, guys, it seems like everything's getting a little better. That little ray of sunshine I gave you, I hope we don't need that very often. Hopefully... There's just some real sunshine going around. These numbers keep dropping. Things keep opening up. Hopefully, we can all get back to our happy place. I know where my happy place is, and it's Section 7 out there at Maryland Stadium, and I'm ready to get inside that shell. Well, until next time, we all need a little help. We all need a little fun. Until next time, here's to wishing all is well under the shell.